Today's anecdotal experience podcast is sponsored by Deutsche Bank. Give Deutsche Bank your money and they promise not to fuck it up this time. It's always a pleasure to see you back at the DOT. I bet it's a pleasure for anyone to see you. Your face is symmetrical. It looks the same on both sides. Which kind of turns me on. Hey, thanks for being here and leaving iTunes reviews and liking Facebook pages and sharing Facebook posts. You do it all. You do it for me. I'm your friend and I love you. Today on our podcast, we have Johnny Bertoft. Johnny Bertoft is my brother and he does all the artwork for the show. Give him a thanks. Shoot him a Facebook message. Tell him it looks good because it does. Johnny talks about the worst day of his life and then the following couple months after, uh, he learns that the person that was making him feel so bad that he directed his resentment towards, he should have looked back at himself and realized he was in the wrong. Confusing. Wait till you listen to it. Uh, this I want to do a quick character key before the podcast starts, just in case it gets confusing. Sarah is Johnny's girlfriend in high school. Travis is Johnny's best friend in high school. Wesley is just a different girl that went to our high school. Let's do this with Johnny Bertal. Yeah, start with, just start with Sarah. You, so you had a elementary school relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was sixth grade, right? Yeah. It was like sixth grade. She wrote me a note and, uh, I circled yes. So that was how it all began. Um, that, that's how six years, how many years of your life began? Five years, dude, from like sixth grade. And we were like, we were like special friends. Mom and dad wouldn't let us like call it anything more than that. Which special friend sounds like way creepier than just like boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. But like, they were like, no, you guys are special friends. So dude. Yeah, because, like, put a label on it, put whatever you want on it. It's, like, an intense emotional relationship in sixth grade, which is fucked. Yeah, it was It was pretty It was pretty intense because I remember early on in the relationship, like, when we were in seventh grade, I gave her a gift card to Limited 2. And then she got freaked out and thought that I was, like, moving too fast. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we are in seventh grade. But I wanted to do something nice for her. And then she, like broke up with me for a day and it was like the worst day of my life you were really yeah i was like i was like really broken up about it but then we got together like back together like in another week and then and then the last time that we broke up was like for real um and the way that that happened was like for those people that don't are know, you jumping right into it yeah the breakup mm-hmm. oh damn dude you got a snap a little Sinop. more you get okay so johnny's my brother he was in, the relationship was super intense, and what I thought was super interesting was you were a child. These were your formative years. Imagine being like a sixth grader and having a wife, to a degree. It was, you guys spent a lot, because I'm your brother, and you were in the, you were in the house, like she would pretty much come over every day for five years. Yeah, we'd like be in school together, and yeah. we would like... Then we would like talk on the phone and then we would go over to each other's houses, like hang out with each other's families. Like, yeah, it was, we would even at lunch, we would look at like, we would look at model homes together in a magazine and decide which ones we thought would be our home. Whoa. Yeah. And I remember, I remember, um, I think it was, uh, Mrs. Lewis like saw it one time when we were at lunch and she was like, are you guys looking at homes together? This is messed up. And we were like, we were like, yeah. And then she was like, like gave us this weird look and we were like, oh yeah, I guess this, I mean, we are like sophomores in high school. It is kind of weird, but yeah, it's weird. Cause you just did so much growing up with that person. Yeah. And I'm surprised nobody looked back and like no parent saw this and thought this is weird this is these two don't know who they are without the other one yeah but i think it's hard to because for me it was like all of a sudden i just thought girls were cute i remember it happened in fourth grade all of a sudden i was like oh i think girls are cute and i remember referring to girls as like the girl of my dreams and i was like 
I hadn't even had a dream of a girl before. And I was like, oh, this girl's like, oh, the girl of my dream. You just romanticize her? Oh, yeah. What did you think as a child she would do for you? Um, what need would she have met? I think it was just, honestly, I think it was just that attention. And it was just like, I don't know, everybody had like boyfriends and girlfriends. And like, I had a girlfriend over lunch one time and we broke up by the end of recess because I didn't pass her the ball like when we were playing soccer. And that was like, that was the extent of a relationship. And it was like, oh, you're not cool if you don't have a girlfriend. Like that was kind of. Is that, okay, we've talked about that. You, it was like, I don't, I've never understood the girlfriend status symbol. Cause I even get that now. People, people think, poor Joe, poor lonely Joe. He's so lonely. He hates his life because he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's never had one. How has he not shot himself? Yeah, no, I don't. That was that was the like. Did you like? Cause you you've been a girlfriend guy your entire life. And I think it a you've lot of it. You've never been just Johnny. Right. No, absolutely. Your, a I lot think... of your identity has been. Johnny and fill in the blank. Right. Like even that year where like after Sarah and before Heather, I was like pursuing Wesley, even though she was dating Dan. Like I was still pursuing Dan Remington, been on the podcast. Johnny trying to move in on Dan's girlfriend. Like, yeah, Dan was dating Wesley and I still hung out with Wesley in hopes that, oh, she'll get over Dan and then she'll hang out with me. And I was like friend zoned so hard and but it was just like you needed that. I needed that. Yeah, it was You needed someone. You couldn't just be a guy. Yeah. out in the world. Yeah, and I You couldn't just be Johnny Bertoft. And I'm so extroverted. I hate being alone, and I think like my biggest fear after every breakup that I had, my biggest fear was like I'm going to be alone. And, and what? Like I'm just I'm going to be alone. And I feel like you still have buddies though. You yeah, still have I still friends. had No, still I still got, had buddies. Like, but it was like the idea of like having a girl there, like that girl companion. Yeah, but what's the? Is it just the status thing of like I have a girlfriend? I'm not, I'm I'm cool. Or is do they really provide you something? Do they fill in a hole? I think. It's, or is it an identity thing? Do you want to be like, hey, here's me and my gal? Or is it just that emotional, that emotional need? I think it started out as oh it definitely started out as like a status symbol sort of okay like when i was in elementary school but then like you know i'm still friends with sarah Mm -hmm. you know like she's great and we never did anything we never did anything like horrible to each other so it was like she was my best friend i was her best friend there was no reason for us to break up so we just stayed together and then i think i became like dependent on that five years going from like sixth grade all the way through junior high yeah and then all the way to the end of my junior year having a girlfriend for all of those formative years i think i really developed sort of like a crutch on like needing yeah that validation it's like you're raised by wolves and then people come find you and they say hey come join us in society and then you, you you know nothing but wolves. Yeah, in a, in a way. And I just, because yeah, I had buddies and I loved hanging out with my buddies. And I think the worst part about having a girlfriend was I felt like I never had time with my friends. But yet, every time I broke up with a girl, I just ran back. Had to, to get it. right back in it. Yeah. I was What's like, the feeling like when you're girlfriendless? Is it angst? Are you seeing just, people with girlfriends and you think, oh man, I want that. It's just the, it's just the feeling of loneliness, and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really extroverted, and I don't like to be alone, and so, like having a girlfriend, just was, companionship. Yeah, she was somebody that I could like, I could call at, any time, not that I did, right? You know? But knowing she was, there but knowing that, yeah, like, totally, like if I called up, you or like, you know, one of I'm my other buddies, up. no way, you, you would yeah. be like. 
this better be important. If I'm yeah. just like, I'm lonely, you'd be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, <laughs> an, there's like a vulnerability you can have with yeah. a woman that you can't have with me. Absolutely. I'd call you a pussy and hang up the phone. Yeah. And I don't want that. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're, uh, you need that codependency and that's okay. I guess so. You can't be cool like me, independent. You don't need yeah. no woman. I don't know if it was nature or nurture, though. I don't know if I became that way because I had a girlfriend so young, and then it was just, I need this. You know what I think it is? I think it's nurture. You know why? We've spoken about this. Um, Johnny was a cute kid. I was a fat kid. So Johnny got female attention, and he got a girlfriend. Versus me, I had to... I was born in the darkness. Darkness was the only thing I knew. Loneliness, you know? So, I think that was my thing. So you, your crutch became companionship, but my crutch became um, solitude, which I don't think either are very healthy, but... Well, taken to an extreme. Taken to an extreme. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty disgusting haircut, up until sixth grade and that was my like that was definitely my limiting reagent that just kept me from interacting with girls but then i got my haircut and then i had i remember the day i got my haircut like and got rid of that nappy hairdo and the worst thing you ever did man i must have been would have saved you years of heartache oh my goodness. had you just been a huh. gross little but then i wouldn't be where i'm at now and freak. i hate i hate the phrase like no regrets but nah, like yeah. I love where I'm at now. Exactly. Like, I do too. I like where you're at now. Yeah. I so, hate my life personally. No, right. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for you. But yeah. I'm awesome. So, um, but yeah, I remember that day just being like, oh, hey, Sarah wanted me to tell you that she thinks your haircut's really cute. And I remember the feeling I got from that was like, this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Right. And I think that is, that is the most, that is the worst feeling you can have i know it feels good it's a drug validation just that hey somebody else thinks you're worth something and now you're like oh my self-perception is higher but that's only going to be higher until someone says yo that haircut sucks right or that haircut was so yesterday now it's like oh i have nothing yeah like i raised the bar and the new normal was like now i'm cute so like Anytime somebody says I'm not cute, now I have something to lose. Right. And now it's like, oh no, this sucks. So then there was that, well, you know, I have a girlfriend now. So now I have a girlfriend. So, you know, you can't take that away from me. You're objectively cute. Because why would a girl be with you if you weren't? Right. Absolutely. So you think my haircut's lame? Talk to my girlfriend. Yeah. But that, I don't know. It's a dangerous crushed, like, crutch to lean on, I, I think. And a lot of people have that and it's the it's the idea it's when people it's you saying i'm good at this true self-confidence and true self-love is you saying i'm attractive i'm confident i'm smart i'm good at things i believe in myself and i can accomplish stuff and then false confidence is is saying people say i'm smart people say i'm attractive people say I'm good at whatever. It's that sort of people say. So it must be true. Right. Rather than coming from a place of, no, I'm good. I love me and I'm confident with like me. Like extrinsic versus intrinsic. It's just, you Explain know. that. I don't know what that is. Oh, like extrinsic are like internal, like external factors that affect you, like that come from the outside. Intrinsic is like having like a good um, self-worth or, you know, self-perception. But like yeah. somebody that's very extrinsically like motivated is somebody that needs external forces to motivate them or to like make them feel good. Yeah, dude. But you had to turn inward, I did. which is good, but you know, you can take it too far. Right. But you need I think you need both. Yeah, I think so. Because somebody can be so intrinsically motivated that no one can tell them anything, no one can give them any advice, and they're just like, no. What I'm doing. Those people are awesome, though. Yeah, like what I'm I doing. I love is those awesome, people. Awesome, and you can't stop me. Those people that don't 
give two shoes Dude, like, about yeah. whatever anyone says. It's beautiful because they don't, there's no, they're not trying to impress anyone, but at the same time, so rude. Such horrid people. Yeah. But there's something beautiful about them because they don't care. If if that guy on The Bachelor could have chatted. Johnny watches The Bachelor. I watched no the, one, none of our listeners do except you. Shameless watching of The Bachelor. All right. Uh, and I don't get paid by ABC, so, you know, yeah. I'm just... But, yeah, he just has... He would have been awesome if he would have kept his cool and not let people get to him. But then he broke, and then he was letting others affect him, and then you're like, ah, oh, this guy's I'm editing this, this out. Pathetic. I'm, this is all getting edited That's out. fine. I don't care. <laughs> you you say that in every episode, and then you leave it in. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, that's a good point about intrinsic and extrinsic. Is that extrinsic? Extrinsic, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's something to make me feel smart. That's cool, though. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's having a support system. I think it's that find that extrinsic value in people that love you unconditionally. Yeah. And keep going back to that. Because if you're finding that extrinsic... I'm going to mess that word up. That value from people that don't love you unconditionally, it's just going to... It's gonna fall away, right? Because you can where lose your value. Is yeah. yeah. Um, let's bring it back. Okay, so you've been with this girl for five years. Yep. And you're not with her now. No. So where I was going before was we went on a missions trip that was all summer, and so like there was a big conflict that we had. Because she was like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to be gone all summer. Because, of course, that would have been the longest that we'd have been separated right. throughout our entire relationship. It's like relationship. a Christian missions trip. Right. All summer. They've never been apart for very long at all. Probably not even, probably a week was the longest that we'd ever been apart. Right. Imagine a very unhealthy romantic relationship between juniors in high school. We would have been sophomores, sophomores going to be okay. juniors. So I remember, yeah, we were at like a Fall Out Boy concert and like I was trying to enjoy the concert and all she wanted to do was say, I don't want you to go on this missions trip. And like that's all we talked about that whole night. You couldn't and, enjoy the concert. And cause... it was like, I'm going, like we've paid the money, you know. Right. Like I was reluctant to go anyway and then we found out that, you know, our youth pastor had signed us up. So it was like, we're going. I can't. I can't get out of it. So this is a pointless conversation. Right. And she's distraught because you're leaving. Right. And this girl, who's awesome, and she's one of our friends now, but a lot of her identity and a lot of, you know, she spent a lot of time with you. Right. So when you leave, there's a very large hole in her life. And my identity was wrapped up in her, but at least like I had the distraction of the right. mission trip. You were going to be gone for a long time with a lot of meeting people and making friends. Right, and a lot right. of other girls my age. Like, that was something that she knew as well. And that was something that I knew as well. Were you pumped about that? And honestly, yeah, I was kind of excited. Really? Because I hadn't... I felt like my whole time I'd been supervised, and I never really got to, like, know other girls, you know, as a high school guy, as a guy that, like, kind of grew into his body and, you know... Looked. You were pumped to meet new girls. Yeah, you know, not even romantically had, or what? Like, what was just exciting? to like hang out with girls, just yeah. to talk to girls, just to because I didn't do that. I never did that. Yeah, or I talked to very specific girls that were cool with Sarah. Right. You know, but so you were okay. So you were hyped about that. Sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, I thought I was a good-looking guy, so I had some like self-confidence, and you know, I had Sarah, so. You know, I had a girlfriend, so at the end of the day, I was like, I'm pumped because I have a girlfriend. You just wanted attention from other girls? Yeah, yeah. That's it? For sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're pumped about that, and you're leaving, and are you, do you have, do you want to be in this relationship? Yes. Yes. When I left, I was like, yeah, I want to be in this relationship. But then I went, I went on OB, and- Nobody knows what OB is. Okay, that, the missions trip. There you go. We went on that, that missions trip, and honestly, I didn't think about her that much. When it came time to write letters to home, then I thought about her. But outside of that, like, I'm very one-tracked mind. I'm very, 
whatever I'm doing in the moment, that's what I'm doing. So, so you're so distracted by everything that you didn't really have time to think about your girl back right. home. And that was that was always the point of contention in my relationships of why I was a bad boyfriend was because I'm very one track minded. And any time I wasn't with them, I was not thinking about them because okay. it was like I'm doing something else. I'm not with you. But on the flip side, I was like, you can know that when I'm with you, I'm not thinking about anything else. Right. So, you know, so you had a whole summer of not thinking about this girl. Theoretically. Yeah, in mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, when we got to when we got to the missions trip that was at the end of the at the end of the whole thing, there was like a big youth conference that we all went to. And um, I just remember seeing her and not being as excited to see her as I thought I would be. Right. So this is the reunion. This is the reunion where you guys are going to see each other after a month and a half. Right. So you see her. Yeah. And I'm not as excited as I thought I would be. You. So. Okay, so you were expecting some sort of being overwhelmed with emotion or something? Yeah, I was expecting to be like, like so happy to see her crying when I like hugged her and was like, oh, it feels so good to like, you know, be with you again, but it didn't feel that way. And I remember that one of the girls on my team from the missions trip, I could still see her. Like I was keeping mental note of where she was because she was still with an eyesight. A girl that I had like a crush on on the missions trip. I didn't ever do anything okay. about it on the missions trip, but I definitely had a crush on her. Um, she ended up being the girl that I dated next. But like, I was thinking about her. Like I was really yeah in this moment, and I'm like, and I f- had this overwhelming sense of guilt. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I You're should because I'm scumbag. Yeah, and um, I remember talking to everybody back in our dorm, like saying, I think I need to break up with Sarah. But I was on this, like, I was on this spiritual high where I thought that I was, like, I don't know. You felt God was talking to you. Oh, I felt like, yeah, God was talking to me, and I was Was so wise. Was God talking to you? Because you're still very spiritual. Right, but no, he wasn't. It was just, you're like, I'm done with, I don't want to be with this girl anymore. Right. I was like, I miss what I had on Operation Barnabas, that missions trip, sorry, I keep referring to it as that. But that missions trip, I had a lot of fun, and I missed that. Um, And I was like, you know, I did identify some things that were not good in Sarah's and I's relationship. And, you know, I used that as the reason to why I was going to break up with her. But I put it as this front of, like, look, like, you're the one with the problem. I'm not the one with the problem. Like, you need to get... What was the problem? I, I, I said that she had too much of her identity wrapped up in me and that she didn't have any friends and that, you know, she needed to go out and make some friends. So you pitched it to her as this will be healthy for you. Yes. I'm doing this for I'm you. I'm doing this for you. The good the good guy that I am is breaking up with you. No, but I was a dirtbag because I was like, no, I want you to hang around for me while I go talk to all these other girls, you know. Was that the real idea? That was like, if I'm being honest with myself, yeah. that was really it. Okay. None of what I said was true. Got it. I was deluding myself into thinking, yeah, no, Johnny's spiritual macho man. Like, yeah. you know, so I just wanted, you know, carte blanche to be, um, yeah, I want to be a bad boyfriend. So, okay. and I was, I was a bad boyfriend. I stopped hanging out with her at this youth conference and I started hanging out with the girls again from my missions trip. Like, pretty much right in front of her face. But I was like, I didn't feel bad about it because I was like, I told her we're making friends. And I'm making friends. But they might be girls, but... So this is okay? In my mind, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is... Like, everything is good. And that's, yeah. You can justify anything. Yeah, like, we're not broken up. You know, we're not broken up, but I can do all... You still wanted to have her in the pocket. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to let to go back no. to, right? Because she was she was my best friend, you know. Right. Like so five years, five friendship. years together okay. of that like strong of a relationship. I didn't want to just throw that away. Is there an element of? It's kind of just clicked in my head, but is there an element of? I have a really tight friend who I really like as a friend, 
but also I like the excitement of these girls that I'm not really friends with, but they're, you almost don't have that bond with, so there are these loose connections, these girls where you're like, you can flirt with, and it's fun, because you almost don't have that unconditional love that you have from your girlfriend, your best friend. Right, for sure. it was something new. Like yeah, I got exciting. like I got like the butterflies. I got like nervous yeah. and like I didn't have that with Sarah anymore. Right, you Sarah just, was. It but was you just, had stability. Yes, and it was so comfortable. And yeah. I think, but that's with any relationship, you get comfortable, and yeah. you start to lose sight of who they are. And I think that currently I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world. But a lot of times I lose sight of that, you know, and I just take her for granted. But I think that's any relationship, you know, you get mm-hmm. in and then you're like, it just becomes normal. It becomes so normal. And I think that the urge that you have to have is to fight that. But again, I was in high school. Right. And I'd had all this like repressed desire to explore those feelings. Yeah. You know, I felt like I grew up way too fast. Yeah. So anyway, we, you know, the youth conference ends and we go back home. And then, you know, I start hanging out with Wesley. That no one knows who that is. If they remember Dan Remington's episode, Wesley was the same girl that Dan dated. But okay. I started hanging out with her before. A different girl. A different girl. Yeah. To generalize. Sure. A different girl. Yeah. From my high school. Mm-hmm. And I started hanging out with them and pretty much only spending time with them and very little time with Sarah. Two different, two different girls. These girls. um, So you were spending time with different girls that weren't your girlfriend, your girl, your girlfriend that was on the uh, practice squad. Well, we were um, on a break, on a break. Like that's how I said it. We're on a break and you're not spending time with her, but you're spending time with two other girls. Yes. Yeah. Like, a big chunk of my time is spent with two other girls, you know, and yeah, I was just being a bad boyfriend. Well, what ended up happening was, um, four months go by and everything's fine. I'm like, life is great. Everything's good. You're not really hanging out with Sarah. Who is your girlfriend? Not very often. Not very often. Not very often at all. Do you miss her? Yeah. Somewhat, like somewhat, but I'm just, I'm just really, like, I'm on vacation from that. From boyfriend duties. Yeah, so I'm still not, I haven't come down from the, oh, I get to talk and flirt with other girls. I haven't come down from that yet. Okay. I'm still like, this is great. Then, four months after we go on our break, my best friend, who is Travis, he comes over and he says, hey man, we need to talk. So I'm like, this is weird. We never talk. Like, we never talk just, like, serious or, like, man-to-man. Like, hey, we need to, like, we have a problem. Because, like, yeah, that's... Travis Travis would spend every night at our house. He would sleep downstairs, like, a foot away from me. We were just really close. Right. Just, you know, he, we loved hanging out together, so he was just always over. Mm-hmm. And this one night he comes over and just says, hey, we need to talk. He sits me down. He just said, I just came over here to tell you that Sarah and I are dating now. And I remember just being, like, it not registering. And I was just sitting there like, you and Sarah are dating. And I was trying to process what that looks like, and, like, I couldn't. What do you mean? Did you think it was a joke? I was, I was in shock. I knew it wasn't a joke because of what he was saying, and the way he looked at me. So I remember just sitting there, just n- feeling numb, feeling like time had stopped, like I couldn't move. And I said, Oh, was that what you wanted to, you know, talk to me? Did you want to hang out? Because I didn't know what to say after that. Wait, okay, just to pause real quick. This is the girl you've been with for five years. Yes. And now you've kind of decided to be a bad boyfriend too now is dating your best friend yes and this your best friend is telling you hey 
I'm dating that girl that you've been with for five years. Yes. And, and so you, and now you don't know how to process it. And you say, hey, uh, so do you want to hang out? But in your head, are you thinking, I need, I need, I need space. I need to sort this no, out. No, I was like, I need to be with somebody right now. Were like, you, I need to, like, I wanted, I didn't want to be alone. I just was like, I don't, like, I felt, I felt the sadness coming. And I was like, I need to be with somebody, even if it's this guy, like, that nemesis. just told me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like do you want to hang out? And he was like, no, I'm going to Sarah's basketball game. Like she was playing basketball for a homeschool team. And he was like, I'm going to go watch her. And I said, Oh, well, can I come with you? You know, I'm just like, like, why would I say that? Like, why would I say, can you just I don't want, you don't want to be alone. No, I don't want to be alone. But at the same time, I think back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, why did I say, can I go with you to see, my ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend like and he was like no it'd be kind of weird and then i was like yeah that would be and then i remember he just left and i went up to my room and i just i never cried so hard in my life nothing ever in my life was as emotionally painful as that i just felt once he left and once i laid on my bed just the sadness came in and I can still remember just how sad and alone and dark I felt because Sarah was my best friend. Travis, like Sarah was my best friend by far. Right. And if there was a second place, it was Travis by far. Yeah. And I felt like in one moment I had lost both friends. Yeah. And I just... I just, I cried so hard. I cried so hard that mom, who was like in her own room, which was like two or three rooms down, like heard me and came in and she knew what had happened because she knew that Travis had already been dating Sarah for three months before he even told me. And she knew like a month ago. And she just felt so bad for me. And I remember we both just cried together in my room for, for what felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And that was just, I remember the weeks after that, I was just so overwhelmingly sad. I couldn't like, I lost my appetite. Like my stomach always hurt. I was always on the verge of tears. Always. Like, I just fighting tears day in and day out. Like, never before in my life had I cried myself to sleep, and I probably cried myself to sleep three nights after that had happened. Like, just because that's where my thoughts would go when I would lay my head down. Right. And I remember the next day, the next day I went to see Sarah after Travis had told me that he was dating her. I met her at Courthouse Coffee, and I said, hey, we need to talk. Coffee shop in Warsaw, yeah. Right, Sorry. And so she's in there waiting for me. No coffee. Like, I can tell she doesn't really want to sit right. and chat. And frankly, neither do I. Uh -huh. But I need to hear it from her. And I just said, like, so Travis told me that you guys are dating. And, you know, I thought I told you that we were on a break and that, you know. And you don't, this, you don't currently recognize yourself as scum. No. I think... I am totally right in this situation. Yeah. How are you doing? You've this betrayed to me? me. Cause I'm, I'm totally unempathetic to her situation the whole time. Right. I was completely unempathetic. Mm -hmm. Just like, how could you do this to me? Right. I have been so wronged. Yeah. I'm the victim. And I just remember how just cold I felt her presence was. She was just, I said, I still care about you. I still love you. Um, you know, I, I want to get, I like, I want to get back together. Like that was always my intention was to get back together with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just said like Travis and I are together now. Like it was just very matter of fact, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I remember I just started crying in courthouse coffee. Yeah. And was she crying too? No. Just you. 
just me, just me. Like she was over it. And, you know, later I found, you know, she told me like, like I, you know, mourned the loss of that relationship that summer, like after the youth conference, like that was my time. And then, oh, so she had done the crying. She had, when you had said, let's go on a break, she had already emotionally had closure because yes, that was the end for her. And she had moved on. She was like, there's no way he wants to get back together with me. She, she was like, oh, wow, this is a breakup. I'm taking this as a breakup. Good for her. Right. Good, good for for her. Bad for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I just cried and then, you know, she said, we should go. And I said, yeah, you know, I didn't want to sit alone you know, in a like a crowded coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, in a crowded coffee <laughs> yeah. shop with no coffee. Right. Um, <laughs> so either buy a coffee or go like, cry in your car. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. I just came in here to cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I remember I leave and I'm driving home and I've never driven faster in my life to get home. And you, you just want to go home and cry alone. I just want to get home so I can just like stop, like so I can just cry. Yeah, and not be alone in the car. Just and I was going like eighty in a fifty. Mm-hmm. I was just zooming, and um, a cop pulled me over, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like, I see him coming, like walking up to the car. And I'm like reaching for my wallet and I'm like, oh, it's not my pants. It must be in the glove compartment. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not in the glove compartment. And I'm like, oh, it's probably in the trunk. So I'm like, oh, but I can't get out of the car. So the cop comes up to the door and is like, hey, license and registration, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, I don't, like, I don't have my and you're, license. And your eyes are red. No, you are... I'm, oh man, I am, he can tell I'm distraught. He can tell something's up. You okay. Know? You're wet. Yeah. And my voice is shaky and my head is red. And I'm just like, yeah, my eyes are just so puffy. Okay. Like I'm in anaphylactic shock or something. I'm just, and so I just, I say, I think my wallet's in the, in the trunk and he's like, okay, so, you know, come get it. So I like get out of the car and I open the trunk and I'm like, I'm like crying and I'm like swishing everything to the side, just like looking desperately for my wallet just like weeping uncontrollably in the in the trunk of my car and i are just you still like are you still audibly crying i am or are you just still have tears no i'm i'm i am not like i'm not like gasping for it. i'm not like bad crying okay i'm just like still I, tears just, coming out oh, of your eyes non-stop tears like a wow. hose like okay i needed some gatorade the water i was losing man yeah. <laughs> i was i was just like looking for it and then i was like it's not here and I told him like I don't like I don't have my license, and I was just like this could not get any worse. Yeah, and I remember him just being really nice about it, saying, "Hey, you got a number on your license. Just call into the police department, give them your license number, tell them you know officer so and so pulled you over, and we'll be good. I'm just gonna give you a warning." And he let you off the hook. He let you me think off the hook because you were just a. Because he could, yeah, he didn't know what had happened and he wasn't about to ask. Yeah. He probably thought that my mom had died. Yeah. But I just got broken up with a girl who had been broken up with for four months. So. Yeah, you were, you were coming to the realization that you lost your girlfriend four months ago. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, and I remember mom tried everything to cheer me up and just nothing seemed to work. And I remember we went to Applebee's. She took me to Applebee's to try to get my mind off it because I loved Applebee's. Yeah. And I remember the waitress came over to our table and I was already crying. I was still crying, like just because I cried all the time. Uh And I remember she asked, like, are you guys ready? Do you know what you want? And I looked at her. (laughs) I just looked at her and I just went, and I just started crying. Oh, my gosh. I just started crying. And then mom started crying, too. And we're just both like bawling. And that... What triggered it when you looked at her, though? What? Just trying to do anything? I don't know. Yeah, I just... I don't know what it was. But I remember... I just remember that so vividly that she was just like, are you guys ready? Do you know what you want? And she was like, happy. And I just lost it. And mom started and lost it. And she just said, I think we need a minute. Yeah. And 
yeah, she was ready to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. I guess lesson learned. We've already kind of talked about you becoming um, empathetic toward other people. Yes. When did you kind of come to the realization of how poorly you had treated her? It wasn't till a while later. Mm-hmm. Um, until you, because you did, you were, uh, you had a resentment toward her. Yeah. For a long and time. Travis. And Travis. Oh, I was so, like, because after the sadness wore off, I just had anger. Yeah. And I was so, so angry. You felt like you'd been lied to because that was another element I knew a lot of times when you are in a relationship with someone and or in any sort of environment when you feel like the joke's been on you because people did know about their relationship before you did so those two girls that I was hanging out with from Lakeland Mm -hmm. or high school there you go they knew and I went to hang out with them that night Mm because I had to be with somebody I met them at Walmart and I just said so Apparently, Travis is dating Sarah, and I'm, like, obviously distraught. Right. And they're like, oh, you just found out. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to hear. And I remember just being like, all right, this was a bad idea. I'm going to go home and cry some more. Right. You know, so then <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not ready yeah, yeah. to deal with. I'm not ready to deal yeah. with people who are so callous to my situation. Yes. So, yeah, I just. And that also, like, you just, you feel like a dummy. When people are like, oh, you didn't know something about your own personal life that I knew. Yeah, it was and, it, and then people had been hiding from you, and you feel like people, everyone knows but you, and everyone's kind of like, oh, does he know yet? But then it was, then it was, since it was out in the open, then they could stop, like, hiding. They could stop pretending they weren't together around me. Yeah. And so I'd see them, and, you know, we went to the same youth group like the youth meeting at our church on wednesdays and so like every freaking wednesday i would see them together and Mm -hmm. just that i still remember the feeling that i would get every time i saw them together yeah it was just like like my stomach would just drop as far as it humanly felt like it could and then just like the tears would well up in my eyes and it would be so instant it would just be all in an instant i'd be just like I need to get out of here. Like I need, I can't, like I can't handle it emotionally. And I think, I think the hardest thing for that was I'd never felt so out of control in my entire life. I felt like I couldn't control my emotions. I couldn't control this situation. Um, Yeah, it just felt, I just felt all alone. And I felt like, cause like they were friends with my other friends. And obviously I didn't, especially since it was so fresh, I didn't want to hang out with them. I couldn't. Yeah. And my other friends looked at it as, well, we're going to go hang out with Travis and Sarah because there's two of them and there's one of you. And I'd rather hang out with two people than one person. So a lot of the time I got left and I felt even more isolated. Wow. It really... It's, it's interesting because a lot of times you'll hear even like, oh, they broke up after a five-year relationship and like, oh, what a bummer, young love. But in this case, it really does transcend that, you know, kind of cliche, young, broken heart. It's it's that I had a very connected and um, friend group. And it the way that it went down made you alone. The yeah. way the friend group was structured was it made you alone and it made, so it was not only this person's out of your life, but a lot of other people are out of, a lot of other people are out of your life. And also there are a lot of people that are not being fully honest with you either. They're kind of reluctant to say different things and they treat you differently. Yeah. And everybody felt like they had to choose a side. Yeah. And I, I held a grudge onto a few of my friends for like the longest time because I felt like, that they chose Sarah and Travis over me mm-hmm. like all the time. Right. And it was not a question. Um, That's you know, a, It's crazy, man. Cause it is, you know, I do, I, sometimes I do make fun of people with, you know, girl problems or whatever. Some girl breaks up everyone, you know, it's it. And in the moment, it always feels like it's the biggest 
thing ever. It's a, it's like a, when you lose someone, it's like a death. Yeah. But because that person's dead to you, that person's like, we can never go back. Like we can't, we can't have the same relationship that we had ever. Right. And you, yeah. So you, you lose that, which is, you know, par for the course, part of love, part of taking risks in life. Yeah. But the losing friends, the people, because regardless, you have confidence, you have people that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And then losing those people too, it's it's becomes a whole new thing where you think, wow, I'm I'm truly alone. Out yeah, here. it yeah. started it started awful, and then it just the reality of it all, like of what was coming. You know, if she had gone with some other guy that I barely knew, I would have been upset. Right, but man, I would have had a support group. completely different. You know, yeah. But then it was like, no, then it was my best friend, like my best friend. Yeah, and then all of my other friends, you know? And so, yeah, was just utterly alone. And I, I knew that I needed, like those friends were too good to let go. So I called Travis and I said, I still have feelings for Sarah. I still want to be friends with you, but I'm going to need some time to get over this. So, you know, I want to hang out, but I'd appreciate it if you didn't bring her around or you didn't bring her up in front of me mm-hmm. you know and that's what i left it at and it took us it took us several months before we could hang out just him and i again mm-hmm. um we would hang out in like group settings but sarah was never there yeah and then eventually eventually we got back to where we could be friends again and like to this day travis is one of my best friends and, you know, Sarah and Travis ended up getting married and now they have a kid together. Yeah. And while I could have really had a beef with Travis, had he dated Sarah for like three months and then called it quits, you know, it was just a fling or something. I, you know, I would have every right to be incensed. You know, why would you put me through that for a three month relationship? But him and Sarah went all the way, you know, like true love and they're perfect for each other. You know, they make a great couple and they're way, they're way better matched than, uh, Sarah and I. Her and you, yeah. But I will, but I mean, either, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you could have, you could have, um, put that on him. Like, why would you do that for something that didn't last? But either way, the point is, it doesn't matter either way. Both of them never did it to hurt you. Even if it was, even if the relationship only lasted three months, it could have been just young love and it happened all at once. The The point being, these were two people that fell in love, regardless of however long of time it was. Right, but what I'm saying is that it was it was real. It wasn't just like, oh, she's cute. Because like, enough. there's a lot of girls. There's a lot of girls out there. Right, the marriage why, proves the point. These yes. people truly fell in love. But that's with what her. I'm saying. Is Got like, it. I why put me through that? Yes. For like a girl you a think flame. is cute. Yes. Like, there's millions of them out there. And you're choosing this one. Right. So yeah, no, I can't I can't hold anything against him. And I'm you know, I'm like right. he did I the was, right thing for his own life. Absolutely. It's just he found the woman of his dreams and yeah, it you know, you gotta pursue you gotta hope your best friend yeah. can understand. Yeah, so I can't I can't hold anything against him. I wish he'd told me I wish he'd told me before, but you know, like we've, and we've settled that like a long time ago and right. we've talked about it and, you know, he apologized and, you know, it's water under the bridge, but definitely was a really rough time in my life. And the other breakups compared to that one don't really pale in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the perspective to have such an insane heartbreak as a child well, yeah, as, as like a, an, as an opener, kid, like this is what breakup this is, is to li- me. Yes. Yeah, it's like this is, this is the worst thing ever. Right, and you made it through without killing yourself. Yeah, a lot of people probably would have, man. Honestly, that was like that was never an option. I did think that if I died right now, that would be okay. That's the uh, I thought like yeah. yeah, like I could die. That's um those those are uh, thoughts of suicide. Yeah, I thought I could die right now. Yeah. And then at least Travis and Sarah would both feel really bad. 
You know, like really, yeah. You had this. This you were gonna kill yourself for the spite? No, I wasn't. They would have even cared. Wasn't, no, I wasn't. They would have got over it. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been like, oh, dude. No, Still, those, though, like those were my thoughts. My thoughts were like, oh well, at least they'll feel bad yeah. because they drove me to this point. Like you know, just I was. You're out of your mind. Yeah, Yeah, I was out out of of your mind. Those were never, I mean, that was, I was never like ever contemplating it. Right. But I just thought if I were to die, how by whatever means, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. That, that, that's what thoughts, there's contemplating suicide where you're like, should I kill myself? And then there's like, what if I died? Yeah. What a relief it would be to die. Yes. So I think. And uh, it's funny because you don't that that, you know, the talk about the spite emotion you have. It's it's natural. Everyone has that where they think, oh, I'm going to show them I'm going to kill myself and then they'll be sorry. Yeah. But in in it's funny because it's not your natural inclination to look inward and say, how did I drive the two people I love most to do this to me? You know, you don't look inward no. to think, why did these two people feel like this is okay? Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe because I was I was very inconsiderate and didn't right. consider their feelings for a long time. <laughs> yep. Maybe I'm not the only one in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back at it now, I have a hard time feeling bad for myself. Yeah. Because I was just such a dirtbag in terms of, like, my emotional intelligence. I was just like, the world revolves around me. As long as I'm happy, everybody else should be happy as well. It's for, it's so, people are going to sympathize with you, though, because you were so young. It's so forgivable. You, you were so immature. Yeah, and that's on the opposite side of the coin, too. What do you mean? Sarah and Travis were so young as well. Right, right. But everything, it's, it really is just water under the bridge at this point, and it's, it's a cool thing to look back on. No one died, you know? Just no, feelings no, no. got hurt, and you can look back and you can kind of analyze, like, oh, where did I go wrong? Maybe they should have told you sooner. Maybe not made you feel like a fool for so long for not knowing. Maybe. That would have been good on them. They learned their lesson. Maybe you should have actually considered your girlfriend's feelings. That would have been, that's where you went wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not, and I'm not saying that they were right or I was right. Like, it was just. Just we all make mistakes. Yeah. And people suffer. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I here's one thing. I I this is I do not think. I think we so we grew up in a Christian environment, and I think we we say don't have sex. We say don't have sex with anyone, but get very very emotionally involved with someone else. That's totally fine. Just don't have sex because right. God will be upset because the Bible says don't have sex. But we do, we we say, oh, well, it's all right to really invest yourself emotionally with someone, which I think you can suffer even more damage from that. And we, we kind of green light that because it's like, oh, he's got a girlfriend. And in my head, when I hear, oh, this 15-year-old, he's got a girlfriend, I, I think, oh, he's established a romantic relationship that he has romantic expectations on as a 15-year-old? That's bad. That's disgusting. You shouldn't be stoked that your little boy is in a relationship at 15 years old. In my head, I'm, I, I think that's not going to end well. Yeah, I see it. I see it now. I see junior high kids together, and I'm like, I'm like, this is this is insane. You guys are dating each other, but then I'm like, oh no, wait, like that was me. Like, but I was. You can speak to it even better. Yes, I can speak to, but what I'm saying is like, I kind of lose perspective on it a lot too, because I look at it and I'm just like, this is crazy. Who would do this? Yeah. But then I like, wait, how old are you? Oh, wait, you're in, you're in seventh grade. And I'm like, oh, well, Sarah Sarah and I started in sixth grade. So I'm, do you tell him to run? I, I tell him this will not end well. I just say like, let's think about it. How long do you have to be with this girl before you have any actual chance of marrying her? Yeah. And are you willing to go through with that? Because if you start this relationship and you break up with her later, she may be your best friend now. And she probably is. But she definitely won't be afterwards. Because you can't, you can't have a relationship like that. You can't have, like, you can't have 
you can't go from girlfriend to friend. You can't do it. Right. And if you, you can, have, yeah. And if you can, you're an aberration. You're not normal. That's yeah. not. That's not something that you're saying. It's impossible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But no. I'm. But you're. There's some like people have done it before, and to them I would say, let's not hang out. You're yeah. a weirdy. Yeah. We, can, we won't be able to connect. Yeah. Because yeah, you're I can't a do monster. That. Yeah. You shouldn't let a child be. You shouldn't encourage them to be codependent. I think romantic. I think honestly, I think romance is the death of love. I think romance is emotion and it's expectations and it's selfish too. It's you creating a narrative for yourself and saying this movie is about me and my love with this person and it's it's passionate and it's emotional and it's heartbreaking and it's it's theatrical. But and I think when you do that, when you set it up like that, and you say, this is what love is, it's not. And that, you're going to be disappointed by that. Because eventually it just becomes boring. Yeah, It becomes absolutely. real love. It just becomes consistency and de- just dependence, really. Just, like, I need you around and your family, which is boring and not sexy at all. Right, like that's what I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. I was like, you know, I look at my wife now and all the things that attracted to me to her before, the things that made her stand out, now they're just, they're normal. She's my wife and now it's real love because now the the butterflies are gone. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Right. Now I have to every day choose to love her yeah. and choose her over myself. And that's... Yeah, that's, you know, that's the that's the real love and like... I wasn't married to Sarah. I wasn't in that relationship, you know, but like as a young kid, I couldn't marry her. That would be against the law. Like, and I was in no way ready to be married. Like heaven forbid they would allow us to. So I don't think that you should date until you can get married because like, what are you doing? If it's just for fun, if it's just for fun, you're just going to burn a lot of bridges with some girls you know right some yeah some people would i know a guy that would argue the point that that's what life's all about is just huge painful emotional highs and lows you know and uh um, what do you think of that yeah let's not hang not out. worth it nope, nope. All right. yeah i'm, <laughs> there not, you go. I'm no. not like yeah. never again no yeah so just, if you're out there yeah we're not no we're not cool enjoy your <laughs> shitty life yeah yeah so um yeah i don't no, I feel that, man. I think that's I think that's so true. I think there's a huge risk you take when you it's that exclusive relationship that you I don't know. People crave it, especially at an early age. Yeah, and, they, and they, I don't... people tell you people I think people also tell you, "Hey, that's what you need. You need to find the one. And then that emptiness you have, it will be gone. She'll solve your problems. He'll solve your problems. Well, I think you experience that, people telling you that. But... It's true. I'm a... Yeah. It's... Like, back then, it was definitely discouraged. People actively told us, you shouldn't be doing this. People right. told my parents yeah. and her parents, this is not good. They're looking this, out, man. Yeah. And they were like, this is not good. But then when you get into college... Then all of a sudden it's like everybody's like, oh, now who are you dating? Yeah. Are you interested in any girls? Like yeah. grandma and grandpa, man. That's 100% of the time, every time they were going to ask us. Right. And I think what's interesting is biblically it's, it's you know, because we're from that world. Yeah. Biblically, it's not good to get married. You know, Paul, if anyone's read the Bible, he says, you know, if you got to get married, do it. But it's not for the best. And obviously you got to procreate, but it's it for some reason in Christian culture, it's you have to get married. Um, someone I know, I'm not going to say who it is, but um, they've been on the podcast. Then when they got married and they got married in a church and the person that was they do. I don't know if everyone does marriage counseling, but they do pre-marriage counseling and they presented them with a book basically saying the point 
to get married and then to have children and make more Christians. It's the only reason to get married. So it's this complete, how far the Christian culture has come from what the Bible actually says. Because in Christian culture, it's get married, have babies, live happily ever after. You know? Yeah, when we should be encouraging people, you know, if you can do it, don't get married. Because right. then, then your desires will be split between your spouse and God. True. And it's funny because it's 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 basically saying if you gotta bust a nut, yeah. Go ahead. If you burn with desire is what it says. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Yeah, so it makes anybody that gets married kind of feel pretty pathetic. Like I couldn't you keep it in my bust, pants. Dude. So yeah, I had to I had to get married. Yeah. It is yeah. It's uh I mean he a, says he doesn't say it's bad to get married, he just says it's better to not get married. Right. And it's it's so it is it's funny to me yeah to that there's all this pressure to get married and i think we which is insane but that's our is. culture it is our culture and it's so bizarre it's it's bizarre to me that anyone would want me to get married that they think you should get like why do you care about my life and that i marry someone but I, I like all the time. It's like, hey, what about her? What about her? What about her? Maybe her? Yeah, I saw you talking to her. Meh. Yeah. Meh. It's just, who are you? As if that get out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do. Are they trying to help me? Are they? Do they feel like they should? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody wants to be your coach, man. Everybody thinks they know. Yeah. Like what you should do. What's God's will for your life? Just. Yeah. And marriage, I mean, if you're not married to the right person, hell. Yeah. You will hate your life. It's like having a bad job. It says that in the Bible, too. Better to live on the corner of a roof than in a house with a contentious woman. Isn't that, man, and you know you could talk to, like, four dudes at any bar that are married, wearing rings, and you could ask them, and they, one of them's going to say, yeah, yeah, sometimes I sleep in my doghouse. And it's the greatest night of sleep I've ever had. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. There's people that are just miserable. Miserable. They're just miserable. Because mis- you live. You just swim. When you get home, it's just you're swimming in layers of tension and resentment and people not communicating. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, that's not how my relationship is. But no, you're, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, no, I mean, I know you, and you guys have a, you know, you guys communicate well, and I think that's important. No, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I I see, you gotta be on, you gotta understand, like, this is your teammate. Like, this is, this is your buddy. This is the person you want to see succeed. This isn't, this isn't the love of your life. This isn't your Juliet, your Romeo. This is family. And you gotta say, I'm gonna love you unconditionally. Anything you need, I'm here for you. We're one. Right. No matter what. Like no I can't what. get rid of you because we're one. Just right. like I can't get rid of myself. Even right. though sometimes I want to, I can't. I can't get away from myself. Yeah. And that's the idea. Yeah. No, I think that's um how are we doing on time? We got We're done. Oh, we're done? Dang. I didn't even get Hard any. Hard stop. I didn't even shoot. This isn't, this is already, this is off. I this so will not make it on the podcast. No, I had so much more, dude. I cut it off like 20 minutes ago. Really? No. Oh. No, you dummy. Shoot. And you're not going to edit any of that out. No, I will. Because it's, it's awesome. No, I'm it's very gold. lazy. It's podcast yeah. gold. I feel, um, well, yeah, dude, put a, put a bow on it, man. Hmm. If you see two little kids talking to each other, break it up. Do it. Yeah. Cut it down. Walk over into that elementary school playground and get involved. I think, I mean, I think the whole situation is so, was so complex and there was so many things going on. I just think it's that, you know, when you, when you deal with a relationship or when you have to break up with somebody, if you have that, if you have that in yourself that you're like, you know what? Let's go on a break. Breaks are stupid. Because breaks essentially mean, I don't want to let you go, 
but I want to get as far away from you as possible. And that's like, yeah, it's fear of cutting your losses. Yeah. And that's like, and for the other person on the other side of that coin, that's the worst thing ever. Just break up with me. Don't tell me, don't tell me you like me, but you don't want to spend time with me. And I think that's the realization I had to come to. Right. That like, man, I really hurt somebody. Yeah, because you gave him hope, too. Yeah, I gave him hope, but then immediately I turned around and dashed that hope by the way I was acting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's selfish. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. I thought I did because I went on a missions trip and I was a spiritual leader. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? You're just, you think you know. Even now, you, you think you're living the examined life. And you think you have the answer now. But, but I'll, I'll look back and I'll be like, I was an idiot. I was then. still a bonehead. Yeah. But then, and I, and like, I know now that, yeah, I'm going to look back on the things I do now and I'm going to be like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so stupid. That's, isn't that, that's the beauty of life though, you know? Yeah. The more, the more you learn, the more you find out that you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Johnny. This has been really great. You got a, uh, you got any stand up shows coming up? Um, no, unfortunately. Taking a break? Yeah, I'm taking a little hiatus. Cool. Johnny does all the artwork for the Anecdotal Experience podcast. What a, a guy. So a if you need, thankless job. No, is. you actually I thank me quite a bit never thank him, yeah. on the show. It's true. So. Yeah, I know. But um, you're my brother, man. I love you. Love you too. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank Johnny too for doing all the artwork. It's a thankless job if someone's got to do it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Later. <laughs>